What happens when two strangers who love history meet online? They start a podcast, of course. Welcome to Muses of History. Women's history for busy people. We are your host, Taylor. And I'm Taya. So today we are going to be talking about Mary Seacole. Mm. Um, but first, have you ever heard of Florence Nightingale? I have heard of Florence Nightingale. Yes. So both Florence and Mary were around in like a similar time. Um, though Mary Seacole is often overlooked and Mary mm-hmm. er, and um, Florence gets like a lot of recognition. Really? So they're kind of like both similar but also different but similar time. So it's like okay. that era. It's like in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So Mary Seacole was born in like the early 1800s in Kingston, Jamaica. So her mother was like a native Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And then her father was this like Scottish soldier. I don't think we really know his name necessarily, but she was really proud of her Scottish side. So she was oh. like, had some like Scottish blood. She had some Caribbean blood. Mm-hmm. And her mother was a doctoress, which was like some. It was someone who was in medicine, and they used like traditional um, Caribbean like herbal medicines, maybe some like African medicines as well to heal, you know, various illnesses. So mm-hmm. this is like not just a woman doctor, but like you know, she used like knowledge of the native people to help heal people instead of like just relying on like. Other medicine that might not have been as useful or helpful. So her mother did that. Yeah. And her mother ran a boarding house. So little Mary Seacole learned both these things from her mother. So she at some point ran boarding mm-hmm. houses and she was what some people might call a doctoress. Sometimes she's called it like a mm-hmm. nurse. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what term she would use. Probably more of a doctoress. That's, but she was called both these things pretty often. Awesome. So she learned all this medicine stuff from her mother down in Jamaica. But she's also really proud of her Scottish ancestry. She will end up visiting London in like around 1821 and she mm-hmm. loved it. Um, <laughs> and when she got back, she was like, well, she got back, she was already ready to go back to London. She did very <laughs> much enjoy it. And she. Um, did marry a man, so her um, Edwin Seacole. So that's where her last name comes from, mm. Mary Seacole Edwin. And house in Kingston, but there was like a big fire. So it got oh, burned no. down. And then her husband died. And then oh, her no. mother died. Oh, so God. she had a series of tragedies in her oh, life. Oh, no. That's not funny. <laughs> I know. We're laughing because know. we're uncomfortable. <laughs> that's horrible. So I know. She rebuilt her house. It was supposed to be better than before. And she, through her life, she was always helping or hurt soldiers or healing them. Mm. And she got the nickname from them of Mary Seacole. Sorry, Mother Mm. Seacole. They called her Mother Seacole a lot, all through her years. And she was, this was kind of like a thread in her life where soldiers, like soldiers that she helped were later on, you know, they really loved her. She was a very like loved figure in the British like military, mm-hmm. even though she was like a civilian. So these were British soldiers in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I okay. I don't know if they were just British soldiers. I'm sure she would have helped everyone, but like particularly mm-hmm. like British soldiers, she called them her her sons, her boys. Aww. Um, and they called her mother Seacole. Mm-hmm. Um 
And she, again, she used these things that she learned from her mother that had more traditional things, which made a lot of sense because, like, you know, listening to the na- like the native people of an area, they would know like, these plants help for headaches and these help these plants help for nausea. So like that kind of thing yeah. Um, yeah. was like I think in this time a lot of like official traditional mm-hmm. medicine ignored a lot of these things to okay. where it was like they hurt you and yeah. like and what mary was doing was like actually knowledgeable is what I was yeah <laughs> so it sounds like she was taking like modern medicine techniques and also mixing them with like traditional herbal medicine that like right. actually didn't like fuck people up because in the 1800s they were using some crazy shit yeah and she didn't have any like there was no like official training she didn't go to nursing school i'm not mm-hmm. really sure what nursing school would look like in the 1800s but mm-hmm. she didn't go there mm-hmm. so you know some people may not have like probably didn't always take her seriously because mm-hmm. of that and because she was a woman of color i would imagine that play didn't help um yeah but nevertheless she learned a lot of things along the way and we'll hear it here so her brother Ended up moving to Panama and she's like, I'm going to go visit him. I'm going to go with my brother. And it, it there was a lot more to the store that I can't get in here. It, it was an experience getting to this location. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got there just in time for this outbreak of a cholera epidemic. Oh, my God. And it's like, great. Mary. She gets there. This guy like falls ill and some people thought he was like poisoned, like murdered. Then she went and saw his body and like, no, this guy died of cholera. That's really bad. Oh and and at first they thought like, oh, maybe it won't be like, oh, maybe we missed it. No, mm-hmm. it was really bad. So oh she was God. like one of the only ones really to to be on hand to help uh, these people. In Panama. Mm-hmm, in this area in oh Panama. And so um, – she had all sorts of remedies. She did use opium, though she wasn't like a huge fan of it. Fan of it. She used like <laughs> mustard rubs. And opium does really relieve pain, but she yeah. did like in her book. She wrote a book about about her life, and like she said, mm-hmm. like you know, it brought sleep, and sleep that then sometimes brought like then they died, not necessarily because oh, of the no. opium, probably, but yeah. like you know, like because people died because they were sick. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and they used like she used mustard rubs on them. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't really know why this is helpful. I'm not like in any kind of medical what person. What is a mustard but, rub? So I'm assuming it's like a some kind of like poultice, you know, like made out of mustard. And it did somehow help. She did use like cam- chamomile, which is like a mercury mixture, which was used a lot in this time. Um, so I just she- took a mustard rub. So it's like a plaster and it's like an ancient home remedy made of mustard seed powder, and they were used to treat congestion, coughing, and muscle aches. So it was like a paste yeah. that got all crusty and and things. Yeah, and it, it kind of okay. sounds like that stuff you rub on your chest, you know, when you're like vapor congested. Rub. <laughs> yes. So it kind of sounds like that. So it makes sense. She would often how she worked with like with people she would charge the rich people because they could oh. afford it, and right. she used that medicine to treat the poor for free so so socialized (laughs) medicine (laughs) she was like the robin hood of medicine (laughs) she was like yeah let me get the money from these people who can afford it use that money and help the poor people (laughs) 
Right. So she wasn't turning like people away. She, you know, people yeah. gave what they could. And so mm-hmm. she did this for like most of her life where she would treat the poor for free, but she would charge the ones who could afford it. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, people were dying left and right. And at one point there was a small like orphaned baby, like about a year. This baby's oh, no. parents had died. And oh, she had tried to save this baby, but it didn't. He, this baby didn't make it. I'm not sure if it was boy or girl. Um, mm-hmm. And she decided, and she like prayed about it. And she's like, "I'm mm-hmm. gonna do an autopsy on this child to try to figure out what happened with the disease, like learn about the disease to help people." Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like right? the person who was right, cholera. So yeah. she basically like paid the guy who was gonna bury the child to like, hey, like let's go do an autopsy and he was actually with her <laughs> and and she like this was her own first and last autopsy and i don't yeah. think she was like it wasn't a fun it. thing for her to do no i can't imagine it would be no um because also she had treated this child and so she probably like cared about it all, them a lot Kinda, yeah and then they died and then she, yeah yeah so it could but she was like i'm doing this for the for correct you know for a reason and so she for realized science. exactly for medicine um and so she realized yeah. Particularly that like like dehydration was a big problem. So she okay. would do these like she would give people boiled water that has cinnamon in it, which I believe has some kind of like medicinal properties that I don't really understand. Um, and also like things like salt properties, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hydration properties <laughs> and salt yeah. and sugar. And she it was like a it was like one point like boiled, and she would have mm-hmm. people drink this to have I guess however much they could. Uh, Depending on how yeah. sick they were, and it was kind of Salt like is super important. Yeah, so it's like she was giving them electrolytes essentially. So this was kind yeah. of like a yeah. Gatorade that she was giving people. Oh my gosh, eighteen hundreds Gatorade mm-hmm. with cinnamon, salt, and sugar. Like, t- I mean, like that doesn't sound terrible to drink. No. And so you know, she was able to develop some of these remedies to help the people of of this area and she was like really the awesome. one the only ones that was working to help these people because this wasn't mm. anyone else so this was oh, kind of her geez. first big like epidemic that she was like dealing with and at one point she even got sick herself um oh no yes but she recovered of course she did eventually open there like a hotel i say hotel mm. in quotations because it really wasn't it was like it was mm-hmm. really a restaurant and a lot like through her life there were times where she opened hotels they were – I don't know if she actually ever had a real hotel. I think it was always a restaurant <laughs> from what I could tell. <laughs> so – but it was a restaurant. It had different, like, things there. She had, like, a barber in there at one point. But she did eventually return home to Jamaica. I, it's, what? like, okay, it was so like it's a, a one-stop shop. With, yeah, all right. It makes sense because, like, I re- – in all of those like Western movies and stuff like that, you you know you see those westerns mm-hmm. that where people go to like the hotel or like the local boarding place or whatever, and it's a restaurant at the bottom. They also have like a a dentist who's also the doctor and also the barber. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gives me very much like those vibes, so I yeah. can I can get into it. <laughs> it was also like a place you could buy supplies. Uh, you know, it was something like that. Okay. Um, one stop shopping exactly but you can't sleep there I guess (laughs) (laughs) and she but she did eventually return back to Jamaica just in time for another outbreak of a disease but this time it was yellow fever but in 1853 the Crimean war broke up broke out excuse me broke out Mm -hmm. and 
I don't know a lot about this lore. This is a synopsis. Very, very short. Okay. Between the Russian Empire and the UK, France, Sardinia, and the Ottoman Empire. So it's like Russia against all these other people. And I believe Russia was trying to take over the Crimea. So that's what it like. It Pretty was a war with the Russia. Course. And she, you know, yeah. she really, really proud of her like United Kingdom heritage, her Scottish heritage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she was like, okay. This is a big deal. My boys are there. Those are her sons that she took care of in the Caribbean. They were being called out for this war. This war took place on the Crimean Peninsula, uh, Black Sea, and in Turkey. So it was in that kind of area that we were just recently in in the previous episode, kind of. Turkey. Oh, my gosh. But what comes with with, uh, war, typically? Disease. Disease. And that's what (laughs) was going on here. Wherever you go with the war, there's going to be disease of somehow. Some kind. So she had already gone to London for like a business thing because she's a businesswoman as well as a doctoress. She was in the business. business. lady. And she <laughs> was like, hey, I want to help these people. I need my boys are there. Like someone has to take care of them. I'm going to try. So she went to the war office in London and like, hey, I want to join this like contingent of nurses. And she kept getting like refused. Uh, and she would go. And she was trying to help, and she even offered up herself as a recruit to Florence Nightingale because there was one of her like assistants. Nightingale's assistants were still mm-hmm. like taking applications, but yeah. Do you think she was accepted? I'm gonna with your face, the way your face looks. I'm gonna say no. No, she was not. No, they no, rebuffed her. Florence. She's one to help. I I know this. Well, technically, it was her nerve, but but. This is probably largely because she's a woman of color, and this is the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, apparently, her age was also a bit of an issue. She was, like, in her late 40s, because I don't know. That makes it oh bad. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. That's like, that's How dare silly. you be 40? You think, like, oh, she's a little bit older. She might have more experience. No. But, you know, right? like, in this time period, in, like, different wars, there were some weird criteria for, like, nurses. Like, I believe in the Civil War, there was, like, a criteria that you had to be, like, unmarried or something and, like, plain of face. Like, but there was not always a requirement for, like, nursing skills. (laughs) I need to, like, that – I can't remember all the details with that. But, like, so basically in this era – We'll put it in the show notes. In this era, there was not always, like, a good list of requirements to be a nurse in a war. (laughs) Oh my god, the vetting system was just like real weird. What you had to be like proper. Heck? Sorry, you know? ma'am. You're 40 and you're unmarried. Uh, uh get out. You're, you're and... not plain of face, so you gotta leave. No. Not plain of face. You are too Which, good looking. That sounds for this like place. an insult. Like what? Right. I don't get that. Okay. So she kept getting like basically like doors shut in her face. Or, like, figuratively, mm-hmm. I suppose. So what do you yeah. think she did next? I'm sure next? literally at some point. Yeah, probably, yeah, honestly. Or they just didn't ever open the door. Do they next? just kept the door shut. No. Uh, <laughs> they were, like, looking through. Like, oh, God, they it's her did. again. <laughs> go away. No. So, A, did she go back with her tail between her legs, back to Jamaica, and disappear mm-hmm. in the history record? Or did she, B, mm-hmm. get herself to the Crimea? <laughs> I'm going to go with B. She yes. just went to Crimea herself. She's like, I'm just going to go there. <laughs> like, and so she had a business partner who was like, I believe, a relative yeah. of her late husband. And mm-hmm. they 
were going to start a what? Can you guess what they were going to start? A hotel! Yeah, but it wasn't really a hotel. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she wasn't a hotel. Maybe a hotel had a different definition of I feel like it must have because it had a place where you could buy things. You could go to the doctor. You could eat food, but you cannot sleep there. It's probably also like that was her, what she called, like it was called the British Hotel. And so it was like, oh, that's, rec- it's probably recognizable, I would imagine, to her people. So I think I was going to keep it going. Mm-hmm. It's recognizable, whatever. <laughs> so she um, had a business partner and they were going to set up shop in the Crimea. Um, mm-hmm. And she traveled there. At one point, they stopped at like Gibraltar. Gosh, I cannot say that word. Gibraltar? Gibraltar? Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Oh my gosh. Gibraltar. And she saw some of her <laughs> some of her boys, her sons, and they were like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. go to the Crimea. It's terrible. It'll be a hit. It's terrible. Because <laughs> it was a war zone. But she still went because she's like, well, this is what I'm doing. I am determined to help these people. And she, at one point, she like, oh, she arrived in Constantinople, but that was not her final destination. She mm-hmm. just stopped there. But that mm-hmm. was where Florence Nightingale was, who was re- running, like, some kind mm-hmm. of hospital setting. And mm-hmm. she went to the where she, this hospital was. I don't know if it really was a true hospital, but you know what I mean. And she, like, yeah. saw some of her boys were there. And they were like, oh, Mother Seacole, mm-hmm. like, we're so happy to mm-hmm. see you. And it was, like, great. Yeah. She worked on the floor, even though she had been told there were no, up, you know, Spots open, probably. You know, oh. Was that true? I don't know. Probably not. And she had she had been given like this letter of introduction to Florence, mm. and so they did meet at this one point. And and she like okay. Florence got there, and she was like, "What can I help you with, Miss Seacole?" And she asked for a place to sleep, and she's okay. Oh. And she gave her a place to sleep, and that was pretty much it. <gasps> So they really Aww. didn't talk. It didn't like seem like Florence liked her. I don't know how Mary. <gasps> yeah, in her like her book autobiography, Mary described her pretty nice. Like kind of like, like she was small. She was like she gave her a pretty good description. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem like Florence liked her too much. And apparently, even now, there's there's a lot of like I don't know if rivalry is the best the good word, but like. There's kind of like a Mary Seacole side and a Florence Nightingale side, and they don't always like oh, each other. Okay. Mm. But um, they're they're like they're both big women in the Crimean War, but they're very okay. very different. From what I can oh, tell, yeah. she didn't like really acknowledge that mm-hmm. Florence might not have liked her. I don't think that Mary. Mm. I couldn't. Didn't seem like she had like a super negative view of Florence, or she didn't write it down yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. So she might not have even cared. It sounds yeah, like, like she's not up on it, like to like give a shit. She's like, all right, yeah. Florence tried to help you because I got all this knowledge up in my brain, and you were like, no, thank you. Or your nurse was like, no, thank you. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna come to Crimea by myself, and like I feel like she just didn't even give two shits about what other people thought right. or and said at, at or that point felt right. And at that point, she'd already like she already had. The business plan set up so like she didn't go there to work with florence she just like that was where she was that day like she just stopped there yeah so it wasn't like she went mm-hmm. there like hoping to get hired she already had a plan she was like she was gonna go somewhere else yeah. anyway so yeah. anyway so she went on to baklava and i did not know that was a place 
I didn't know that was a place until right now because that is one of my favorite desserts. Uh, Hello, this is Editing Taya. Just so you know, we now realize that we were pronouncing this word incorrectly and it is in fact balaclava. Okay, bye. It's in Turkey, I believe. And this was like, there is like a map of the Crimean War. And it's like, it's closer to like the front than like Constantinople was basically. So um, so that's where she sets up shop, you know, for her British hotel. It was not nice looking. It was like, this was a, you know, there was war going on. So they kind of built it with what supplies were available and yeah. they, it, she said in her like book that they never actually finished it. They just kept adding on to it. Uh-huh. So it was like I kind of picture of it as like just like kind of a janky shack, but like it had all this yeah. stuff. Like she sold, she like sold so much different things there. Like it was a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I I bet it had a lot of character. Yeah. I bet it was but a really fun to. place to be. But she yeah. was considered a settler. So that's like a merchant who sells the provisions to the army. Yeah. And she had like a business partner. So she had this business side. She was a businesswoman and she also did her nursing there. And you're right in that it, she did like they had um I don't know if we would call it parties. Like there was definitely like definitely things that were like entertainment you know they would like have plays mm. there was alcohol like morale boosting thingies and that's probably like has to be a thing i would imagine for like all war like yeah they need some totally. kind of relief There's, like, right like yeah yeah so my my dad was in the military for like 30 years and they have these things like these tours called uso tours i forget what uso stands for um Anyways, I don't I don't really care. But um it's like USO tours and they're basically like these morale boosting tours where like different celebrities come or like the my dad was in the Air Force so we had the Tops in Blue which is the Air Force's like jazz big brass band or whatever and they would also have uso tours which were like discounted tours for military families and stuff like that and we you'd like go and like have like a discounted tour and stuff like that and it'd be really nice and it's all for the sake of like morale boosting yeah exactly because you need that release exactly for sure mm -hmm. so her um british hotel definitely had that and, you know, mm-hmm. she's still going out and helping people. Um, also, apparently, like, some in this time period, sometimes battle was, like, almost like a spectator sport. Or, like, people would go and watch battles. And that happened, I'm pretty oh sure gosh. this happened in the Civil War as well in the U.S. Yeah, So yeah. I don't think it's just a Crimean War thing. But, like, apparently she would, like, set up almost like a picnic situation for people. Because people, it was like she was a businesswoman, you know, um, yeah. which is see here that's so it's, weird. I, it's interesting. People are not one dimensional. Like when we talk about history, like Florence Nightingale, like you were just talking about, like she's portrayed as this like uh, you know saintly woman, but there are different sides to people. And just like just like Florence, Mary Seacole has that other side to her. She's not just mother sequel Mm -hmm. she also is a business lady so right yeah people are not one-dimensional they could be both good and bad two things can 
be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. A couple of times she was like pretty close to the front, like, mm-hmm. and like you know, maybe not like super in danger, but like close enough to where it was kind of dangerous. Um, but mm-hmm. eventually the war ended and she was like suddenly like in a lot of debt. Because her and her partner oh. were buying all these like provisions to bring in, but then the war was over, over, and like people, they were like, "Okay, we're all gonna leave." Well, then she had this hotel, she had provisions. What was mm-hmm. she supposed to do? Yeah. So she had to sell a lot of her stuff, like at auction, including the wine. And apparently, this wine got sold like such a small amount that she reportedly like just broke all the wine so that no one could buy it because she was so mad oh that she lost so much money. <laughs> She's like, no, I will destroy this. No one can have it. <laughs> if I don't make money, fuck all of you guys. Exactly. Nobody can have this wine. So the plan was for her and her partner to go to like basically disassemble this hotel and then take it back into mm-hmm. England and set it up some some shop somewhere there. But yeah. she ended up in like a ton of debt because of this war. She wanted to go, mm-hmm. and to go to the help people and then this kind of happened to her. She lost all this money. She had to declare bankruptcy. But there were like people oh, no. who like they recognized like, hey, this is Mary Se- or Mother Seekle, Mary Seekle, mm-hmm. where she yeah. did all these things for us. She like she was there for us. We need to help her. And they kind of like rallied people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it ended up really like she got back on her feet basically. Um, oh, and then – yeah, so they people didn't forget what she had done. Mm-hmm. You know, she made a big mm-hmm. impact on a lot of people. She was really special. Mm-hmm. She was a, a big name in the Crimean War. She did want to also help out with the Franco-Prussian War. I don't know what that. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is occurring. No, um, it's fine. I'm guessing it, it's okay. Prussia. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not as important because she can go. So that's why I didn't look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, exactly. she like. <laughs> It was reported that, like, she asked this one man for her to be able to go. And this man was Florent, not Florence Nightingale's, like, brother-in-law. Like, I think it was a sister's mm. husband. And she, mm-hmm. apparently, Florence, like, wrote this letter saying that Mar- Mary had, like, she wasn't good. She let her people, like, her people drink, you know, and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, kind of blocked her from being able to go to the Franco-Prussian War. Or, like, made it, oh made it. like she didn't get to go and i'm sure that letter really made it a big impact so florence uh did not want her to be there i don't i'm assuming florence was probably there feel like why the only reason literally is either like weird competition or just straight up racism like why would you not want another clearly very capable nurse or doctress to come and help out like it's a war Florence I know like I don't know if it's because like she didn't like her the way that she practiced because Mm -hmm. she was so different like you know the combination of her being a businesswoman and being a nurse like I don't know if that was it. I, I think it's probably a combination. Like if if like Mary yeah. had like become a nurse in like the traditional t- like setting for the time, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have been the same. But also like, yeah, I don't know if Mary if she, Mary had worked under Florence. I'm not sure if she would have liked it or like wanted to take like orders and stuff like that. She probably would have wanted to do things her own way. So it's probably like better exactly. that she didn't at least for the Crimean War that she got to do what she wanted to do. Um, yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, and like help in her own way. This was like a weird like rival rivalry. I don't know if 
Mary Seacole knew that it was a, like it was like that. Like I think <laughs> it, she she acted like she knew Florence apparently, and like they really didn't uh-huh. know each other. And it was like it's it's strange. And even now, there's like a there's like a rivalry with their like people okay. still going on. It's just bizarre, and it can't be rooted Jeez. in a lot of good stuff. No. So she died in 1881 in London with a pretty good mm. amount of money, apparently. Um, yeah. But not long after, she was kind of like, like forgotten in history until mm. like, like 100 years later, she was, her grave was rediscovered. Um, and since then, she's become like a real like important person in like the history of nursing even though like i don't know if she herself called herself a nurse 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 yeah i don't even i'm not i would guess if she called her something it was probably a doctor s because that's what she like learned Mm -hmm. from her mother but she is an important figure in the history of nursing that we don't really hear about we hear about florence we hear about clara barton who i do think Mm -hmm. is really interesting but yeah mary c cole is like this overlooked woman of jamaica who you know put herself at risk with the number of epidemics went to war to help her like adoptive sons that she healed that she loved so much and yes that's the story and she's a business woman she was a business woman yeah she's an adventurous too like she just went to crimea like she was like just determined let me just like Go up into an active war zone, like no big deal. Let me just yeah. flounce up in and there. Largely, by she didn't have like all these people with her. Like she had like a couple couple people with her, but like she didn't have a huge like group of people with her. You know, she didn't have like she wasn't with a husband or anything like that. She was a, a woman by herself, which is also pretty brave back in the day. She like also like risked her life doing it. She went to an across the world in the 1800s i mean how long would a ship take to get from like jamaica to to england oh my god back then a long that's i would not want to be on a ship that long back in the day that'd be terrifying no i don't want to be on a ship that long now exactly (laughs) also like she was exposing herself to i mean she caught cholera i don't Mm -hmm. know if she ever caught yellow fever but she like Easily could have probably so yeah. She's exposing it's herself not like to all there these was really great TPE during the time. Exactly, and she didn't have antibiotics, mm-hmm. and she like yeah, you know, figured out hydrate like why rehydration was so important for mm-hmm. cholera, especially, and kind of developed this like right? <laughs> like eighteenth hundreds Gatorade <laughs> Gatorade. <which> <laughs> <laughs> and she was really well loved. Yeah. Um, I'm just so happy to know about Mary Seacole now. I know. And she's an over under overlooked woman of medical history, I guess you would say. You know, you don't mm. hear about you don't hear about a lot of like women of color in medicine. I know and yeah. I believe in Jamaica she's like since she's been rediscovered, there's been different things in Jamaica like named after her and everything and like mm. I think that's nice too. They they rediscovered yes. her like her her grave, which is cool. Where is her grave now? Is that's, it in London or is it in Jamaica? I believe it's in Jamaica. And like it was like found in like the nineties and then it was restored mm-hmm. a little while later, I believe. I'm like I wanna say two thousand four. But yeah, we can definitely put like a link to her her grave and everything. Um and she wrote a 
autobiography, which is what I was reading for this. I got it for free from my university library, like a digital version. And it has a really cool name. It is called Mm -hmm. The Wonderful Adventures of Miss Seacole in Many Lands. So she wrote this book about her life. and it was published like a couple, I think like a year or so after she got back from the Crimea. So it has all this stuff mm. about the Crimea in there. Yeah. And so it's like she's also an author. <laughs> That's really a great source mm-hmm. of learning about. Yeah. Because it's all about her. So if you can get a chance to check out that book, please do it. And if we can find um, a link somewhere to the book, we'll put it in the show notes. Look in the show notes. When in doubt, yeah. look in the show notes. But yes, that is what – I have to say today about Mary Seacole, the muse, maybe the muse of nurses <laughs> everywhere. Maybe if you're a, if you're a nurse and you see her as a muse, let us Please know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I'll ask my nana. My nana's a nurse. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We are so excited to bring you bite-sized stories of women's history every Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform and share this episode with your history BFF. Join us next week when we talk about Yosano Akiko, the feminist poet from Japan. Bye! Bye.